The UTS Law Student Society acknowledges the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, upon whose ancestral lands our university stands today. We would like to extend this respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people across the nation, particularly to the elders, both past and present, who remain to be the traditional custodians of knowledge for these lands. Baby, we're back, back again. Oh my god, again. Um, what, oh, I don't usually start this. I feel like it's you, you gave me a, a bit of silence there, and I'm not used to starting it. So today, guys, today, everyone. Or episode episode is it six or yeah. six? I think we're on six. Yeah. Uh, today we have HSF. Yeah, we have uh, Bray and Jessica from HSF coming on. I think this episode's going to be really good. We're going to be talking about the firm, clerkships, uni life, professional world. Yeah, good on good on Herbert Smith Freehills. So good on them. HSF, that's what you want to hear. Um, we've got uh, quite an interesting uh, episode today. Um, kind of more touching again on uh, clerkships and things because they're coming up soon. Um, but also some more general questions, uh, getting a little peek into that corporate world. Mm. Any, anything you're excited for, Emily? Um, I'm just excited to find out more about the firm. I think getting an insight into their personal experience is really exciting. So everyone stay tuned. I think this is one of the last uh, episodes we have this year with a firm. So, Ooh. yeah, this could be helpful if you're applying for a clerkship or thinking about it in the next couple of years. You're going to suss them out? Yeah, I'm going to suss them out. See how it is. See how it goes. Ooh, okay. Uh, welcome back, everyone. I uh, hope you're having a good week wherever we are in the week when this gets released. But uh, today we have uh, Bray and Jessica here from HSF. Uh, Bray's a solicitor and Jessica is a graduate lawyer. Um, they're going to tell us a little bit more about them. I'm not going to speak for them. Um, but yeah, Emma and I are going to have a bit of a chat with them, find, about, find out a bit about HSF, the firm, um, and all those sort of wonderful things. Uh, so I think a perfect, ba- very basic place to start for us is if you could each just sort of tell us a little bit about yourself. Beautiful. Jess, did you want to go first? Um, So I'm Jess. I'm currently a legal operations graduate at HSF. So I graduated from UTS in mid-2020. And so I did a Bachelor of Law and a Bachelor of Arts in International Studies, majoring in Chinese. Um, In terms of my journey to HSF, so I had done a number of different roles within um, the legal industry, um, throughout my undergrad and so the typical um, boutique law firm paralegal and I also worked in-house a little while at WeWork and I think that really opened my eyes into the mm-hmm. world of legal operations kind of seeing um, the inside of a business not just from a legal framework but um, seeing um, the different parts of the business come together and how that um, interacted with how the lawyers think and work And so that's kind of what led me to apply for what we have at HSF called the Legal Operations Graduate Program. Um, And so I am part of the inaugural cohort. Um, So uh, that commenced in early 2020. So I'm part of that first group of grads that have gone through this program and it goes for a year and a half. And so right now I'm really enjoying it um, and keen to see Um, where I land when I wrap up mid this year. So that's kind of my journey to HSF so far. That's awesome. Um, So hi both and everyone listening. My name's Bray. I'm a solicitor currently. um, Well, I'm a solicitor in the private equity and venture capital team. 
is a sub team in the corporate practice. Um, in terms of my journey, I did a double degree at UTS um, Law and Medical Science, and I graduated about the same time as you, Jess, so I'm surprised we didn't cross over. Um, so mid-2020 is when I wrapped up, or maybe end of 2020, I can't remember now, it's been so long. Um, I did the standard, so I did it with my clerkship in my penultimate year. I rotated through IP disputes and ECM, which is equity capital markets, and then I came back as a paralegal in the interim, so in that final year, um, and I worked in IP disputes and then actually became a BD paralegal and did a secondment to the shopfront, which is HSF's, part of HSF's pro bono arm. Um, and then I came back and did my rotations and as part of my rotations, my third rotation was on a secondment to UBS who um, we worked in the in-house legal functions. So echoing Jessica's sentiments about um, working in-house and seeing the business and the legal function from a different perspective, it was quite interesting and it informed where I wanted to take my career at that early stage. And then I chose to settle in private equity. So I've been here oh, and I've also done another secondment, Genesis Care, but that was once I'd settled in private equity. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Wow. So really exciting. I think our listeners will be really interested to hear how you both got there. And um, maybe this would be a good place to talk about what HSF is generally as a firm, but also maybe why you both chose it and something unique about HSF that you really enjoy. I previously worked at another firm during my student years. And then when it came up to clerkship applications, I stayed very open-minded. And I think that is a a big point, particularly if you're already at, let's say, one of the big six or another big firm that offers the clerkship program, I think it's imperative to say that that's not the only firm available to you and to really throw your hat in every ring, if that's the same, I don't know. Um, so I ended up applying to a, a couple of different firms. And what stood out to me with HSF was its excellence across multiple practice areas. So at that point, um, I thought I was going to go to the bar. Like I thought I was going to be a litigator, go to the bar. And my trajectory was fairly linear in terms of the steps I was going to take to get there. And looking across the board, there are some exceptional litigation practices across Sydney. Um, and a couple of the firms I interviewed at were very solid litigation firms, HSF included. And then I had a moment of introspection where I was like, hang on, I've actually not experienced litigation, but for like four months as a paralegal as a and I don't think that really speaks to the whole experience of being a litigator I was like okay well what happens if I don't want to be a litigator let's say I want to go into finance or employment or corporate which is where I ended up going and so looking at HSF by way of comparison to a lot of the, the other firms it's consistently tier one across the board so for me something that was important was if I don't end up settling in litigation will I have the chance of being in a market leading team? And with HSF, the odds were, yeah, um, wherever I settle, I'm going to be among the best of best. So that was a driving motivation for me. Um, and the other element was definitely the international piece. So it's truly integrated in this global network. And I got that from day one. I was on calls with um, trainee solicitors and senior associates in London, in Duke, uh, London, Tokyo, so all over the place. Um, and I think that's something particularly unique to HSF. 
Um, so in terms of from a legal ops and transformation perspective, so um, like I said, I am doing the legal operations graduate program. So um, just in case you're not sure about it or you haven't heard much about it, um, it's a non-practicing program. So it's open to not just law students, but anyone from any type of industry. Um, and so basically what we do is we help um, different parts of our practice groups and our clients um, improve the way that we work. Um, so there's an operational aspect and there's also a digital transformation aspect. Um, and I think what really drew me to this particular role as opposed to practicing, because at the time I kind of went through this phase where I was like, do I want to be a practicing lawyer or not? I'm not really sure, but there are all these options out there that had become um, open to me after I had worked in-house and saw that actually there's this whole other world um, of career paths that you can take, even if you decide, um, I have a law degree, but I might not want to be a practicing lawyer. Um, and so HSF was actually one of the first law firms in Australia um, to offer a graduate program. And I think um, what really drew me to apply for it was the fact that this um, program allowed you to rotate, not just um, through one type of legal operational work, but different types of teams doing different types of things. So for example, we have um, some teams that are more orientated um, around directly supporting our clients and also our practice groups um, with whatever their operational um, help that they need. So for example, we might help people with improving the way that we communicate, um, the way that we bill um, and um, keep help our clients keep track of their costs and their spend, right? Um, so that might look like building dashboards for their costs, um, keeping track of their data. And there's also other parts of our teams that are more orientated around um, almost like offering consultancy services to our clients. Mm -hmm. Clients might come to us and say, how can we improve um, knowledge management within our um, um, internal team? Because um, normally, most of the time, it's in-house teams that come to us and say, oh, we've got this big problem about knowledge management, nothing's working. So we come and give them some proposed solutions to that um, using our legal expertise as a law firm, um, but also looking at different aspects of legal tech, legal design, um, and giving that holistic perspective to help legal teams in-house come up with solutions and implement them. Um, so I think I was really drawn to the fact that you could rotate through um, different teams. So we've got, I'm in the pricing team at the moment. Um, I also help with the data analysis team. Um, I've worked in the digital transformation team um, and I've directly supported our corporate practice group as well. So having that broad brush of experiences um, was really what drew me to the program and so far has been really great. Yeah, that's really interesting. And the details about your role, I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about, that kind of operational side and the opportunities in that space. And I know, Jessica, you've talked kind of a lot about the different teams you're involved in, involved in, sorry, but a question I want to ask you both more specifically is what does a day in your role look like? Um, maybe I might just start with Bray. Um, what, what, yeah, what does it look like for you? Yeah, and I, that's a really good question because I think coming into it, you think your day is going to be fairly similar no matter what practice area you're in. And something I learned really quickly, both through my paralegal roles and then again, when I was doing my grad rotations, is that when I was, for example, a graduate in IP litigation, my day was significantly different to when I was a graduate in private equity. It almost felt like I was working at a different place. 
um, and that's just by the nature of how different the work is. So depending on what practice area you're in, I think it does vary um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And then within that as well, obviously, you're dealing with different clients and different matters and different pressures or time um, constraints. But now as a settled solicitor, I would say my day-to-day it's great that I'm off the LSA. So the LSA is a legal services award. So that gives me a bit more flexibility and autonomy in my day. Um, and it, I can come in sort of around 9, 30, 10. I get sorted. I get, um, I've got quite a bit of autonomy. I'm very grateful, autonomy and client facing. So I can, I have been running certain work streams in the broader picture of a deal. So again, it depends what is going on in the team. But if we're working on a fairly large transaction, I might be allocated the due diligence stream. So the due diligence stream involves coordinating and managing a whole series of practice areas to review all the documents and do the due diligence into the company and input this into a specialist report. Um, and so interestingly, when I'm in the midst of that, it's less legal work and more project management coordination work, which I really enjoy. Um, Totally different were my days when I was on secondment at UBS or Genesis Care because that involved going into their offices every day and liaising directly with their business stakeholders. Um, so, yeah, it's a very varied day-to-day -day based on what team you're in. Um, but I will say the older, not the older you get, but the more years you spend or more time you spend in a team, you get greater autonomy and greater carriage over your day. And I will say there's also so much opportunity for you to liaise with your uh, your leaders, not leaders, your superiors in the team and say, I want more experience in X and they will make it happen for you, which I think is really great and unique. Um, and if equally you say, hey, I'm not feeling as supported in this stream or with this particular type of work, they will support you and help you and that's like so you're not thrown in the deep end if that's not what you want oh, wow. so that's a cyclical way of telling you how my day is <laughs> yeah and jessica just a little bit yeah yeah completely echo bray's comments around every rotation um, that we have in the legal ops program um, can be very varied and also the point about um, so far, every person that I've worked with um, that has been managing me has been so supportive of my growth and development anytime that I've indicated I'm interested in this, I would like to try this. Um, they have gone out of their way to try and make that happen for me, which I've been really thankful for. Um, and so maybe I can give an example of what it looks like a day in my life at the moment. So at the moment, I'm spending two days a week um, at HSF within the pricing and analysis team and I'm spending three days a week on secondment so I'm up to the secondment part of my graduate program so I'm on secondment and NAB from Wednesday to Fridays so my HSF days typically look like um, at the moment in the pricing team involves um, supporting HSF on our pitches um, so every time that um, a client will come to us every now and then about um, we would like HSF to pitch for this particular matter or be on our panel. So for the next three years, you'll provide us legal services. Um, so we help to crunch the numbers um, and then propose numbers um, as to our pricing and how that works. So it's quite interesting because it's looking at the commercial side of how we price our product offering um, and also any value adds that we give 
Um, and then, so I might be involved in supporting in that and also some of the other process improvement projects that we have going on. Um, so one big one has been helping consolidate all our self-serve self resources that we have within the pricing team and also our data, data analysis team. So a lot of people will come to us and ask, what is my standard rate? I don't know where it is. How do I find it? Um, so we've just created one big page where everyone can find all that information um, just so it reduces repeat queries to the pricing team so we can focus on more of the strategic urgent queries as opposed to some of the repeat simple stuff that um, people can easily find themselves. Um, and so that's quite interesting in, in the sense that I kind of get to liaise with different parts of the business, talk to the IT team, talk to practice groups, um, talk to all these different stakeholders to get their feedback, their requirements and kind of incorporate it into the resources that we create for them. Um, on my NAB days, um, it can look pretty different depending on what's going on. A lot of it is working on their process improvement um, initiatives that they have within their legal operations teams. Um, and so um, the thing that I would note about that is like we were saying earlier with Bray, um, that opportunity that I had in terms of my secondment um, with NAB arose out of an earlier um, project that I was working on them with from early last year, which was on their knowledge management. Uh, and because I had really loved working with them, I said, wouldn't it be great if I could go on secondment with them? And then now I'm here. So um, it's really cool to be able to kind of put your hand up for something and see people support you um, both from the HSF side and the client side. Thanks for that. When you put it like that, it, it sort of gives a bit of uh, yeah light to the fact that you are actually listened to and you're cared about, um, you know, in the, in the corporate system, which is very much seen as this sort of massive machine that you just are a part of. Yeah. I think following up from that perfectly, um, and I think Jessica, you probably speak to this quite well as you're, you're currently going through the process, but what was it like sort of transitioning fully into the professional world and trying to get settled? And I think in terms of that, when you needed to, where did you go to, to find assistance and how did you prepare for that transition coming out of uni? Mm, yeah, that's a really great question. I'm sure um, it's something that everyone kind of goes through in their own way. Um, and I think, I guess, to speak to my journey, it was in the middle of COVID. So, because I graduated mid-2020. So that was quite interesting, graduating into an environment where I was just stuck at home all day. And I'm sure we were all in the same boat. Um, but making that transition into the professional world um, was a challenge in the sense of the first thing was having to navigate building relationships, particularly when predominantly most of my interactions were virtual. Um, so that was very difficult because I think most grads in the past would have had that opportunity to go into the office every day, see what everyone is doing. And now that things are more back to normal, um, I would say that transitioning into the professional world um, in as much as you can and it works for you and your team, I think it's really great to get into the office um, and be able to see what your colleagues are doing, see what your managers are doing, um, and even just get involved in life. Um, across the firm because I think that makes a really big difference in terms of two things one you're learning because um, I'm sure for many people um, being able just to kind of be a sponge and sit there and absorb what's going around mm -hmm. in your surroundings really really helps um, even if it's not like super specific like hands-on 
um, hard skills. Sometimes it's just learning about the culture, how people speak, how people interact um, is really, really helpful. And second is just that sense of connection and belonging within the firm, I think. Um, being around, seeing people as you pass them um, by in the corridor and stopping for that little chat um, really honestly are some of my favourite moments in the day when I see people that I haven't seen for a while, get to catch up with them, have a little coffee with them, um, see my team for lunch, um, hang out with them afterwards for drinks. I think those things, um, having that connection has been one of my favourite things about being able to come into the office. So I would say that um, as much as I do love working from home and I'm working from home today, um, an office day is a really great opportunity to kind of, um, yeah, build that foundation for yourself for the future where you feel like you fit in, you understand how things work and you have people who support you. Um, in terms of where to go for resources, um, I think it's really good to be able to turn to your peers if you have like a graduate cohort um, mm -hmm. or other people if you don't happen to have a graduate cohort. Um, finding your pseudo graduate cohort. So I, for example, am the only Sydney graduate in my program. The other two grads live in Melbourne. And so we kind of had to make that work and build that relationship online. Um, but I was trying to be proactive and build that relationship amongst the graduates within the legal program as well and um, be able to cross that bridge and understand where they are and understand their struggles really helped me as well also because my role is to help the lawyers so that was helpful for my own understanding but also just to feel like I had a cohort and I could go to somebody if I was like struggling or annoyed about something just to have someone to vent to um, so I definitely would say that yeah um, don't underestimate the value of connection and the relationship with your peers because that can really take you a long way. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, I, I had a little bit of a follow up, but I think you kind of answered it in that sense is, I mean, unless you want to add something, so I'll give it to you anyway. But um, I know some of the other firms we've spoken to as well, particularly the bigger firms, the international firms, um, a lot of them are quite on top of this issue, um, which has sort of come to prevalence, I think, mainly in the last 10 years in terms of importance. Uh, key things being mental health and then work-life balance and finding those things, especially in firms where you are like on strict deadlines, you know, you're, you're working with clients that are putting so much at risk and really require the best from you and to be on your game the whole time. Um, so I think, yeah, if you have any other, anything else you'd like to add, either of you, about how you find, um, you know, um, balancing that, that work-life balance, um, especially in such a big firm and such a competitive firm. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, I think, full disclosure, I think the pandemic was a really tough time, particularly as a junior. Um, like Jessica, I started. We had come back to the office and then we were sent home in lockdown. And I remember I was, like, sitting at my desk working these hours and I was like, I'm at the same desk I studied for my HSC at that I studied for all my uni exams at, and now I'm working at my dream job day in, day out at. Like it was just, and I was like, I, I didn't have that piece of going into the office and wearing nice clothes and like getting coffee with colleagues, like that whole like lawyer in a big city vibe, I, that was all stripped away and it was just the work. And it was tough for a bit, like, but I think what really came out during that time is this whole human element 
And I think the pan that was a direct result of the pandemic, this human piece from both the clients and within the legal team. Like I had partners calling me being like, Ray, how are you? Because I'm struggling. How are you going? And it just like the rapport and the individual personalized relationships I was able to forge with all my colleagues was incredible. And I'm um, having come back into the office now, I feel like I've maintained those relationships and only allowed them to grow and foster. And by direct result, I love the work I do because I love the people I work with. And I think it is really challenging, particularly at the outset when you're trying to prove yourself, you're trying to prove your technical brilliance, your dedication to the job. Um, and the fact that we're a service industry, like we have clients that we're servicing and deadlines that we're working towards. I think it's really tough at the outset to establish some sort of balance. Ultimately, and I've found the firm really allows you, well, prioritizes that and also gives you the autonomy to do things to fit around work. So by way of example, I am a Pilates instructor as well. And so I have a lot of myself. So that's actually really oh, <laughs> I love it. And my team, they get to the point where they're like, Bryce, stop talking about it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like they they've been so accommodating. They've I've run sessions for our team. I teach most mornings at different studios, and that just means that I come in a little bit later to work. But that's something that's really important to me. And it's not because I need another source of revenue new or anything like that it's something that keeps I like being fit I like being happy and I like the community that comes with it and the team knows that so when I say guys I have to go to a Pilates class this afternoon or this evening I'll log back on they're like sure as long as the work's getting done they're very happy for me to do that and I can see that across the team with all their different interests with all the different passions people have families people go home they relocate um so I think that balance element is definitely available and prevalent and I can see it across the firm um, it's just really what you make it. And I think something that juniors and incoming grads need to be aware of is it's on you as well to establish your boundaries. So you can run as hard as you want at a deal or you can play it back and be like, hey, it's definitely important. This is my job. But also I need to see my family. I need to see my parents for dinner. And you just make those priorities known to your team and you do it. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. And um, I think that advice about setting yourself a balance is something that will strike with a lot of students, especially just in their life, even as a student at the moment, finding that time for themselves. So I think we've spoken a lot about setting up for success and kind of your both of your experience and what you've done. So I might move quickly to just about clerkships and pathways to where you both got. And I think um, I might just start with Bray because you did do a clerkship at HSF and then eventually did some grad rotation. So could you talk about the HSF clerkship process um, and then how you transitioned into a paralegal and then a grad and what kind of advice you give for the clerkship process? Yeah. Um, firstly, my condolences to anyone going through the process. I think it's like, it's an exhausting process. And I think that year I was on the LSS. I was overloading both semesters. Like it was just like a horrible, horrible year. <laughs> um, so I'm very empathetic to anyone going through the process. Off the back of that, my two big key takeaways going through the process is actually three. The first is round about May. So now, May, June, early June, I appreciate you're going into exams or whatever's going on with uni. 
prioritize setting up a cover letter. That's your template, your almost perfect cover letter and your CV. So just have that ready to go. You can keep refining it in the background. You can keep revisiting it, refining it. The other thing I did with my applications, which I've told all the other people that I've spoken to directly and I'll tell everyone listening to the podcast is set up a, I set up a spreadsheet or set up some sort of document that tables all the firms that you're interested in applying at. I think Jess and I are operating under no illusion that HSF is the only firm that you're going to apply to. In fact, I think it would be quite silly if we were the only firm you apply to. Give yourself the best shot to set yourself and your career up. So I think table all the firms that you would like to apply to, do proper research into them. And that that extends beyond just their landing website page. Really delve into the types of matters they work in, the different practice areas available, where their offices are, what their value set is. And what I found that exercise did was it, it allowed me to really identify with the firms I actually wanted to apply to and I actually wanted to work at. So I actually paired back. I didn't apply for the full suite of Sydney firms, one, because I didn't have the time, and two, I didn't think I resonated or fit in at a couple of these firms. So I didn't bother applying, and instead I focused on applying for those firms I could see myself at. And so that would be a big piece of advice for anyone going through the process. Make sure you do your research into the firms and tailor your application to those firms. And also that lends itself to my second bit of advice. My second bit of advice is as overwhelming as the application process is, particularly the in-person cocktail nights, trying to make an impression on people and the like, it's just as important that the firm leaves a good impact on you. So I think you can take a bit more of the power back into your hands and really think about, well, what is this firm offering me? What, like, do I actually want to be here? Instead of being like, pick me, pick me, think about, well, what has the firm done to prove to me that I should come here. And I think that even subconsciously gives you a little bit of um, power back and eases the anxieties through the process. Um, And third, my final bit of advice is it is a marathon, not a sprint. I mean, I don't know, applications opened last week, didn't they? Yeah, I think in the coming weeks, the next few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So they they open in May or end close in what, June, July, but then you don't find out till October if you've got one. And then the clerkship itself is shorter than the actual application process. So it's a marathon. Give yourself the space. Give yourself the time. I personally muted group chats. I wasn't looking at Whirlpool and stuff. It was just too bad for my anxiety. So do what is best for you. Um, Yeah, that would be my advice on the the application process. Great. Thank you. Um, And, yeah, uh, Jess, if you'd like to give us a little insight into the legal operations program, the application, and then maybe any advice for anyone who's looking at that as well? Yeah, of course. Um, In terms of the actual application process for the HSF Legal Ops Grab Program, um, so it's quite standard in the sense that um, you still go through and you submit an application, um, and then there are a number of candidates that are shortlisted and that will go to an assessment centre. So normally the assessment centre will be like a mix of an interview and maybe some case studies or group assessments. Um, and then from that, they will let you know whether you got in or not. So it's quite simple. Um, and the grad program itself is um, three rotations and possibly a secondment. Um, but in terms of, I guess I would give some advice to anyone who's curious about alternative pathways. Because the thing I would say about 
pursuing a career in legal officer transformation is that um, because it's such a new area, um, it's very exciting, um, but it's also a bit of a choose your own adventure is what I've found. Um, nothing set in stone. Um, and so I've heard many stories of many people um, who where basically if you ask for something, just as we've said earlier, people will probably give it to you if you have an idea of what you want to do. Um, and sometimes it takes a bit of time to work out what that is. So I think if you're someone who's early in your career, you're just curious about legal ops transformation, you want to find out more, uh, there is so much um, content that's coming out right now because it's such a new space. Like even all this stuff about chat GBT and AI um, is super exciting and is a perfect in into this world um, because we can really see that this space is only going to grow even more. And we can tell, like even UTS has noticed that because um, I remember they came out with a major in um, law, technology and futures, legal technology. Yeah. Yeah. And so I unfortunately didn't get a chance to squeeze that in because I didn't have a lot, enough electives left when I was doing it. Um, but I think the fact that you can tell even UTS is investing in this area, HSF mm -hmm. is investing in this area, all these other law firms are beginning to come out with um, programs in this area as well. Um, just like the program I'm in. Um, so even if you don't get into a grad program, there are so many other ways um, for you to get into this space. Um, we've had plenty of people who simply by showing interest, talking to people, networking with people have been able to get their foot into the door and get like a very interesting new role. And sometimes that role involves and changes. Um, so if there's anyone out there who's just like curious, wants to find out more about um, what's going on in this space um, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn very happy for people to ask me questions because I know it's um, a wild world out there in terms of the legal ops transformation space because it's not as linear or clear-cut mm -hmm. as a traditional legal career um, but it's definitely very exciting um, so stay tuned to see what comes out in this space. Yeah such interesting alternative pathways and I think uh, we won't take up much more of your time, but maybe a great way to end is if you could shortly give us uh, a piece of advice that you would give your first year self. Uh, so maybe Bray, if you want to start yeah. on that. Um, I think I, as a very type A person that like just put their head down, studied really hard to get into law. I literally thought like I applied for law thinking I was going to go straight to the bar. Um, and so I think with hindsight, particularly reflecting on where I've ended up, like in the polar opposite field, um, give yourself the benefit of keeping an open mind and literally like you're so young, you have no responsibilities. Well, most people don't have any responsibilities in terms of like a mortgage and the like, see where the wind blows you and put your hand up for every opportunity. I think the, every place that I've ended up or me getting to where I am now is just by virtue of me saying yes to random opportunities. Um, and it's really redefined and re like directed to the journey or the path that I'm on. So very grateful that I studied really hard and was very conscientious with the goal of going to the bar because it got me to three hills. However, keep an open mind, do a rotation that you don't think you will enjoy and you might you might love it or you might be like, hey, I really didn't like that. Now I can definitively say I don't want to be X type of lawyer or maybe I don't want to be a corporate lawyer. Maybe I want to go into criminal. But giving yourself the opportunity, getting the experience 
will let you make an informed decision. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, I think for me, I echo that as well in terms of going out, trying different things, because you never know. I never expected it in the first year that I would end up where I am. It didn't even exist. Um, so you just never know. I guess a practical tip is I wish I my first year self um, had enough bravery to go out and just ask people with more experience or who are older mm -hmm. than me for their advice and for their tips. Um, I think now that I've had the chance to kind of get people's perspectives and opinions and advice, I've been so grateful and thankful for that. And that's really been an integral part of shaping where I am today is hearing other people's stories and hearing their perspectives um, to, that led me to where I ended up. I think um, I think the first year me was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if people um, would want to, you know, respond to me because I'm just a student or I don't really have anything much to return or to offer, um, especially if I'm talking to, you know, oh, this solicitor from HSF or this legal ops person from HSF. But you'll be surprised the amount of times, most of the time, people are so mm. happy to give their advice and they're so willing to give back and lend a hand and certainly every time that somebody has come up to me and asked me for advice I've been like yes like I'm so willing to give that out because I wish I had that when I was in first year uni so just give it a go just reach out to somebody on LinkedIn talk to somebody if you're in an event if you see someone at uni that's like from like a networking event just go up and ask them um, ask them um, what led you know what led them to where they are today and ask them if they have any tips. The exact same question, any tips from my first year self? Um, and they'd be more than happy to give you that advice. Great, thank you. Um, yeah, I think two really good pieces of advice, especially, yeah, like we said earlier, for some students who are often a little bit scared of approaching bigger figures in the, in the, in the world or in the industry. Um, and especially, I think, good advice in terms of, I really liked what you said, um, Bray, in terms of seeing where the wind blows you. I think that put it quite nicely. Um, yeah. So we'll wrap it off there. Thank you guys so much for Thank coming you. on to the Thank on you the so much for having us. Talking to it was us. great. And, uh, it was so much fun. HSF as well. Yeah. Sweet. Do you want right. to? Hope to see you guys around. I'm sure we will.